The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Want to fearlessly explore your creative spirit? Join artist Susie K. Edwards for Path of the Butterfly, a weekend workshop at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Experiment with a variety of art forms, engage in mindfulness, walking, and silent meditation, and discover a new and free-flowing creative vision. This workshop is for beginners and professional artists. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. From Spirituality and Health Magazine, I'm Rabbi Rami, and this is the Spirituality and Health Podcast. Our guest today, Lisa Broderick, is a business executive, social entrepreneur, and founder of Police to Peace, an organization reimagining how the police see themselves and how the community sees the police using the meme Peace Officer. Her new book is All the Time in the World, Learn to Control Your Experience of Time to Live a Life Without Limitations. Lisa Broderick, welcome to Spirituality and Health Podcast. Rami, thank you so much for having me. Well, I'm looking forward to this conversation because I don't understand <laughs> the nature <laughs> of time or living without limitations. I mean, those are, the, the, in a sense, your book makes, I guess, two startling claims right in the title that first we can control our experience of time. And I want to emphasize the word experience, and I'll mm-hmm. come back to that and make a few minutes. Uh, and second, that we can live without limitations. I just want to start with that one, with the second one first. When I think of living without limitations, it doesn't sound intriguing. <laughs> it sounds horrifying <laughs> when I think of people without limitations, because I think I think of social obligations or just being nice and not feeding our our endless nihilistic, narcissistic <laughs> selves. And I know that can't be what you're talking about. So, so tell us what living a life without, ex, without limitations means to you. Well, I see it as personal limitations. When you think about it, when we, the only thing that stops us from climbing the mountain and writing the book and starting the nonprofit and devoting ourselves and jumping in is our own self-imposed limitations. And as you mentioned, I I do run a nonprofit in policing, which if I had had limitations about, oh, the police cannot be, nothing can be changed, I never would have done that. But I've actually used what's in the book and and a lifetime of experience and thinking about these things to apply it to that and other aspects of my life so that I am unlimited. Now, I am unlimited with, with my view of the world, which comes from essentially a place of goodness, I'm hoping. I do think of myself that way. And I think most people, if they come, they come to their lives from this place of goodness. If they are then unlimited in their own minds from not doing the thing that they would like to do, but thought that they just don't have enough time, they don't have enough this, they don't have enough that. If we all didn't do that and we all really did the things that we wanted to do, again, from a place of goodness, we're assuming that, 
I think the world would be a much different place. This book is about that through the lens of time. Well, I, I absolutely agree with with that diagnosis. I, I think, though, that there's a little more in the book than just that. <laughs> there is. In, in the sense that as I was reading through it and exploring some of the exercises and, and the notion, the way you, you deal with time or our experience of time and you bring up flow um, you know, and being in the zone and that that kind of thing. I get a sense. I get the sense that there are a certain set of limitations that disappear when we're in that flow state, or you can you know you can name it some something else. But the limitations of politics and class and race and gender and sex and religion, nationality, you know, all that stuff seems to disappear and no longer defines us when we're in a different relationship with time. Am I yes. way off with that? No, you're, you're exactly right. And some would call it also a unity experience. People have God experiences. Why do we have these experiences? We're suddenly freed from the constraints of limitation, and we enter a place which I suppose, and looking at it through a scientific lens, is related to brainwave states. Now, of course, consciousness is not a brainwave state, in my opinion, but we do have brainwave states that are synchronous with certain states of consciousness. And this state of flow, which the self-surpassing, unlimited feeling of unity and moving beyond our own limitations is quite, quite common to human beings. It's very common in sports. It is outlined as flow and the zone and now and these types of things. What I wanted to know was, when we apply that through the lens of time to our own lives, can we, can we enter that state at will? Can we do things to develop it as a practice? Can we develop our own selves so that it happens more freely? Because when it does, that unlimited nature, unlimiting of ourselves happens more frequently and we become more. We live life, uh, we, lives without limitations. So let's talk about brainwaves for a second since you brought that up. Um, there's a lot in your book on the science of, of conscious science of brain waves, especially gamma waves. Now, when I first looked at it, I thought, gamma waves, what do I know about gamma waves? And then I realized, I think that's how Dr. Bruce Banner became the Hulk. I think it was some <laughs> accident. And he was, you know, um, drowning in gamma waves. And, and it, it turned him into the Hulk. So that's, again, not, what you're talking about. So, so give us a quick overview, if you would, on, on the theory of brainwaves, and especially the gamma wave. Well, of course, there are brainwave states, and some are more common than others. When our daily lives, and we are doing things, and we're busy, that's sort of a, a beta brainwave state, and it can sort of go out of control. That's when we're making lists in our minds. And when I take people through and show them these brainwaves as an experiential exercise, I say, think of all the things you need to do today, and now iterate themselves in your mind without writing them down, and then remember, and then repeat them to yourself over and over. This will cause your brain to overload with lists. It's a very uncomfortable place to be, but when it's not uncomfortable and overdone, it's a place of rationality, of control, of making lists of things. Then there's an alpha state. An alpha state moves from, from beta into a state of greater, let's say, ease with daily life, but you're still awake and alert. You're doing things in your daily life, you're awake and alert, you're not in a meditative state necessarily. And next state would be theta. Theta is a more meditative state 
which can be associated with running, with driving. It is a, it's an awake meditative state that, that you would experience, which is more calm. It is a precursor to a true meditative state. And then there are the other states beyond that, beyond theta, there are, there's delta, which is deep sleep, although there, is, there are delta waves in the daytime. We call them delta in the daytime. A very, very sort of um, primordial state associated with, with deep, deep REM, uh, REMless, you know, dreamless sleep. And then we get to gamma. Gamma is a very rare brainwave state. It's often associated with samadhi from India, with, uh, with a unity consciousness. It can happen spontaneously. I have had the experience myself. And what I find, and I also find other researchers, such as the Monroe Institute and the BioCyberNot Institute, both of which I've attended, is that it doesn't happen on its own. It's a combination or a culmination of these other brainwave states. So if we can bring ourselves through from a busy life, through a practice, into an alpha state, more relaxed, into a theta state, more meditative, not falling asleep and going to a delta state, we can move in and possibly have the wonderful gift, the experience of gamma. And the combination of all of those, I think, is what we think of when we hear about flow, when we hear about the zone, when we hear about doing things with this self-surpassing sense of unity and belonging as though we are part of everything and everything is part of us. That is characterized by those brainwave states working together, not just one, in, in a way that uh, I believe if we practice them, we can get to them and harness. Now, long-term meditators can quite quite readily enter these various brainwave states, even gamma states. That takes many, many years. What experiences could we have? What exercises could we do as regular people to promote this in our own lives so we can leave, lead our best possible lives? That's really what the book is about. What about... I mean, I was going to ask ask you about drugs in this regard. And I don't know if, if you have any interest in that stuff. Uh, I have no experience with it. And I have a follow-up question if we don't do anything with that one. But do you have any information on, you know, what, on, on uh, here, here's your brain on ayahuasca or something like that? Well, there have been studies and increasingly so, because ayahuasca has gained prominence certainly north of South America in the last 10 years with shamans who travel to the United States and people experience them. I personally have myself in, an, in a, a church, a setting to have an experience like that. I'm not sure that brainwave states have been studied while that has happening. I will say that unity brainwave states are uh, they? They're not. Um, they're not short-lived. They seem to be lasting. And in fact, many of those drugs, such as MDMA and even ayahuasca, are be are being used for trauma, to treat trauma as though we could become outside of ourselves, see in a third-party sense a trauma which we experienced, or which we or which was done to us, or occurred around us in a way that we could heal our own brainwave states, our own, our own sense of self, by not reliving the trauma, but by moving beyond it. Again, again we get to the self-surpassing nature of, of humanity, which, which can be characterized in a brainwave state, but I think in also experiences that we can have uh, on a daily basis. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. I, I think that spirituality can be defined as a self-surpassing um, not state, but practice, 
right? As opposed to maybe religion, which is about self-sustaining, a specific self, a specific label self. I, I've had a lot of experience with two, um, I guess, technologies around this brainwave stuff. One is uh, with uh, sensory deprivation tanks. And the other is, I don't know what you call it, but um, you, you, you sit in this chair like a recliner and you put on these glasses and the glasses have, and, and headphones, and the glasses are blacked out. The lenses are blacked out. So you can't see a thing, but around the rim of the glass on the inside, close to your face, are these tiny full spectrum white lights. Hmm. And the lights are linked to a computer. I mean, it's all these wires involved. Today it'd be probably Bluetooth. But the, the lights are linked to a computer and the sound is linked to a computer. And you, you're sitting there, can't see a thing. This, I don't know, new agey jazz music is playing in your head but oh, through the speakers, but only to mask a series of clicking sounds. Mm-hmm that are synchronized with the blinking of the lights. And the whole idea, now I don't know if it's true, but this is what they told me and I, I had the experience, it seemed right to me, that they, through entrainment, your, your brain responds to the, you know, reacts to the lights in a certain way and the sound mm-hmm. in a certain way that they take you from beta to alpha to theta. And they, they try to, they say they can go into delta. I would fall asleep or at least lose. Sure lose consciousness in, in some way. But um, have you ever had, have you had any experience with, you know, computerized technology to do these kinds of things? I have. And there are a number of different approaches. So what you describe is brain entrainment, which can be done with lights and sounds. At the BioCybernaut Institute, they use that as well, where you, with with sensors on your head and the lights and sounds are responding to your brain wave rather than the other way around. Hmm. So in a room, I had sensors on my head and it was hooked up to all kinds of machinery. And I would be in a position, either lotus or straight arm, straight legs, which is more of a, a Chinese type of approach to uh, body energy, and then move my own brainwave states. And with the feedback of the lights and sounds, I could tell what brainwave state I was in. And in that state, I was in full spectrum gamma. That's how I know it occurred, because I happened to have electrodes on my head when that happened, and it was this unity consciousness. But I was not taken there by the lights and sounds. I took myself there through my own thoughts. Mm. And that's what the book is about. It showed to me that we can move our brainwave states from one state to another by practicing exercises, doing things over time, and focusing our perception. And that's a term I used in the book, focused perception. It's more than a meditative state because you're awake, although your eyes may be closed. It's a highly sensory state. And you're able to focus your awareness, I guess, much like hypnosis. And there's a term similar in hypnosis. But you're doing this all with yourself and for yourself and to yourself in order to change your own brainwave state and into the state of flow, which I associate with the sense of timelessness, which is why the book is about these types of states seen through the lens of time. Yeah, it's really fascinating. I mean, it's a kind of, I'm going to just make up a word here, techno-mysticism that helps people discover these states of consciousness that you read about in mystical texts, but you never imagine that you could do it without Mm 
decades and decades and decades of of sitting on a cushion or something. But with the with the technology, I mean, certainly with with the drugs. But the drugs, I imagine, are are like my brain entrainment where I'm following the light. The drugs are doing it to me. The, right. the, the computer is doing it to me, as opposed to what you're describing, where you can, using a variety of exercises, you can actually shift your brain waves, your, your brain states yourself. You're, you're in control. That's right. Do you think there's an advantage? Oh, well, it's a st- stupid question. What's the advantage of being in control as opposed to having uh, the machine do it for you? Well, it, uh, of course, you know, we are with our agency as human beings to do things for ourselves, about ourselves, I think is probably the most uh, responsible way to go through life. Having done some, having something done to you is in a medical sense and in other senses has value. As I've said, these drugs are being used for trauma, to treat trauma quite effectively because they take someone to a place where they couldn't possibly go on their own. But when we have our own agency, when we are able to walk ourselves and go through these, what what would life be like if we could take ourselves there at will? If we could sit ourselves down and reverse the, uh, the, the horrible phone call that we had with a family member about which we feel so bad, uh, reverse the fear that we are not going to get the job or the check won't come in time, change these things. And what the book is about is From the perspective of science, most people would say that if it's in your head, it's not real. But actually, science proves otherwise. We know that all of these things exist, especially at the quantum level. And we also know we can't see or control them. Yet, what this book hopes to do, brings people through, are ways to get at that before we can firmly know them as science, to apply them to our own lives to lead our best possible lives now. Want to fearlessly explore your creative spirit? Join artist Susie K. Edwards for Path of the Butterfly, a weekend workshop at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26. Experiment with a variety of art forms, engage in mindfulness, walking, and silent meditation, and discover a new and free-flowing creative vision. This workshop is for beginners and professional artists. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Yeah, I think, I think, I mean, that's clearly what the book is about. And you'd have to spend some, you know, you have to take it seriously enough to, to spend a significant amount of time with the exercises, but they're not, they're not difficult exercises. So hopefully people would read and go, oh, well, I could do that. I could try that. I, I would love just in my own spiritual practice, I would love to use, I'd love to be hooked up to a machine that would record, you know, show me what, as I'm doing my, my mantra practice over and over again, to see if that's affecting my, you know, my brain waves or not. But let, let's shift from, from the spiritual technology part to uh, the idea of time. And again, you're not claiming that that you can control time but you are because the 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 subtitle of the book is learn to control your experience of time but right in the not right early on in the book you write it's time we knew the truth about time so what is the truth about time (laughs) well i will quote a wonderful uh song which you and i would probably remember because we're old enough and that is does anybody really know what time it is no And here's why. 
The reason is the nature of time remains the biggest mystery in humanity, right along with God, creation, the nature of life, all of these things. With that said, what I've happened on in my work over many decades, and I again, I'm a meditator, and that is time and indeed our experience of reality is not one thing, it's two things. It has two parts. It's one part physical. There's a physical nature of time. There's a physical nature to, to reality, to the glass dropping and breaking, to you know, their, your, your home needing repair. And there's a perception portion. And what this book considers is when we combine the knowledge of both, that there's a physical nature to reality, to time, and there's a perception nature to reality, to time, where do we as human beings in our minds, in our perceptions, come into that equation? Where do we enter the equation where how we show up for a situation in our minds, which is the perception part, where that actually affects physical reality and in particular time. And the reason I asked the question is what I said earlier, and that is we know these things exist at the quantum level. We cannot see them. They're mostly mathematical models, although the quantum level is breaking out into our everyday bigger world every every day in terms of new revelations about quantum effects being observed in our big material world. We can't see or control them yet. One day we will. And this book is about how to begin doing that now. In working with this perception of time, you have a chapter on telepathy, which I found very, very interesting. That, And you mentioned in the chapter that you frequently send thoughts to other people during the day, during your work day, you're right. Now, I do something similar during uh, my meta meditation practice. You know, I send uh, healing blessings to people both living and dead in my practice. And, you know, I never, I, I don't, when I teach this, I never say, and this definitely impacts people because we're all interconnected and you're dropping a pebble of blessing in, in this, this infinite ocean and the ripples will eventually, you know, reach the person that you're thinking about. I, I don't know if that's true. I do know that it changes me when I'm doing it. And I, and I saw meta practice as being an example. I'm not sure that's the right word, but, but, but seeing it in the same context as telepathy, as you're exploring telepathy. So tell us about your understanding of telepathy and uh, how it works and, and why we might want to practice it. Well, the, the, well, the practical applications are unlimited. With that said, let's go back to science for a moment, because with so many of us steeped in science and, and in and around our worlds, to change our perceptions of time, most of us need some information which is going to help us do that. So let's talk about the quantum world, quantum mechanics, and quantum entanglement. So quantum entanglement is proven in, in physics and science where, let's say a particle has some aspect like it's blue. And you take the particle and you separate the particle into two particles and they're both blue. And you take one to outer space and you leave one on Earth. Now, if you do something to the blue particle on Earth, this has been proven without a doubt. The particle in outer space becomes the same as the blue particle. Now, think about that for a moment. They're separated by as much as outer space 
they've been taken miles and miles above the earth. And this quantum entanglement, the instantaneous defying the speed of light, they are instantly knowing of one another. There's a knowingness that we cannot yet explain. That is very much like the instance where I was just thinking of calling my sister and she called me. And she said, I was just thinking about you. Now, can anyone prove without a doubt that they're related today? No. Will there be a day where we know that quantum entanglement and what's going on in the human brain, which is inherently quantum itself, are so similar that telepathy is actually entanglement? I believe we will. So let's talk about that telepathy for a moment. The, the projection of feelings, emotions, thoughts. I've done this in particular, as you mentioned with your dog, with animals. Because humans may have a, an outer shell or a, an ability to not focus or a bit of an armor around them, which animals don't. And so uh, animals aren't speaking and they, uh, they bark or they meow. With that said, they're not actually speaking to us in ways that we understand. Can you transmit thoughts to animal companions? Absolutely. And so that is and, a good, that's versa. a really, mm-hmm. and vice versa. And yeah. that's a really good way to yeah, start. My, my, my dog talks to me, but not by barking, by, I mean, she'll sit there, stare at me, and I know <laughs> she's sending me, you know, psychic <laughs> messages. I mean, it's usually we, one of two things. I want to go out or I want to eat, but, you know. Sure. Now, are we anthropomorphizing? Possibly, I, right? Probably. And if we are, you know, and, and so, you know, what's the harm in that? With that said, what the book does is we don't know the answers to these things yet, but we know these two separate worlds exist. This book explores the intersectionality of those two worlds, the quantum and our big experience in everyday life through the lens of time. Because if we were going to change anything in our life to make a pickle appear in our lap or an airplane in our backyard, that's hard stuff slowing down time so that we have time enough to reach a loved one before they die, so that we have the ability to uh, to finish the big project that we really need to, even though we can't imagine that we had enough time to do it. We can do those things. People are slowing down time every day in their lives. It's very common. My question was why, how, and how can we apply it to live our best possible lives? You know, I just want to pick up on something you just said about the two worlds, the quantum and the observable world, I guess the Newtonian world, maybe we could say. Today, we're recording this on October 13th. I don't usually reference the date, but this is part of the question, I guess. So today is October 13th. October 10th, a few days ago, is every October 10th, is called Powers of Ten Day. I don't know if you're familiar with the movie originally. I think it was made in 67 and then remade in 77 and remade again with, uh, uh, I forget when, but much closer to our time. But this was a movie uh, by uh, Charles Ames. And it shows, it's nine minutes. It's just this, this very short video trying to show you that our being, you know, our human being, exists in a, this vast outer expanse and with a vast inner expanse. I mean, the quantum and the, the micro and the macro are all part of a single system. And that our ego, and maybe even our physical bodies, rest on this band where the two come together in such a way as to allow ourselves to exist. And, and not just ourselves, but the animals and trees and planets, all that. 
do you feel that, okay, everything is, quantum is, the, the quanta are the basic, I don't know, building blocks of the universe, I guess, right? Yeah. And I know some people will say to me, no, the quanta are so small and so radical that the Newtonian brain can't influence them. But I'm getting a sense from you that, that you don't think that's true, that there is a communication between along the entire spectrum of, and we're just talking physical reality, the, the entire spectrum of physical reality uh, that we embody. I don't know if that makes sense as a question. but It does, and it's being proven every day. Just last month in Physics Magazine was another article about quantum entanglement in our everyday big world. Not just a mathematical construct, but evidence of it that it's happening now. Again, these are, these are mysteries, and time is a linear construct created on this plane of existence for this plane of existence. What we know about the quantum world, which again is mathematically modeled right now, mostly because we can't see it, is that it exists as well. And those types of things, we may not be able to see them or control them, but it is only a question of when until we can until they will be part of our everyday life. Because, it, because that realm is already part of us now. It is part of us now. It's in our brains. It's, in our, it's being shown in our big everyday world. It is. It's the, it's the building blocks of the universe, yet yeah. it's as though we're in a window, we're outside looking in. Those worlds are increasingly meeting. I, I'm, I'm cognizant of our little time we have left, but I have to ask one more question because it's so intriguing. How does this connect your understanding of telepathy and the, and the quantum reality? How does, how does all of that connect to your idea of immortality? Well, I actually cover that in the, brain, in the book. In the book. And that yeah, that's is why I'm asking there, <laughs> when you. When you, when you go down the rabbit hole of, th of things quantum and you begin to search around for where does, where does consciousness, that which we cannot see and which is m much more than a process of the brain, in my opinion... Where does that meet the physical world? And you, and then you start to think about things that are quantum. The, the, the most famous and, and well-considered quantum physicists of, of history thought the same thing. And that is when we get down to the most basic essence of who we are and what we are, there's a quantum nature to that. So considering the amazing complexity of the universe and the existence of matter and energy and time and multiple dimensions, you know, I believe our existence goes way beyond Newton and Galileo. And it's part of a reality beyond which we can see, which to me suggests the quantum realm for consciousness, for immortality. Because if you then apply the, the first and second laws of thermodynamics, the conservation of energy, nothing is created or destroyed in terms of energy, then where do you go? You're still here, right? Yeah, there there You're is still no place here. To go. There's an everyday life beyond what we understand as reality. And it's a question of when, and we can practice it now. Well, that's what, that's what really is intriguing about the book, that you take these things, you give them what could in other contexts be a sort of, a, I don't know, very new age, ungrounded kind of thing. You give it scientific grounding. And then you say, and you can practice it right now. That's what makes the book so intriguing to me. So 
Thank you so much for sharing. And see, we could have, we should have controlled our experience of time and added another five minutes. <laughs> or an hour. Uh, you know, an hour, right. Our guest today, Lisa Roderick, is the author of All the Time in the World, Learn to Control Your Experience of Time to Live a Life Without Limitations. You can learn more about her work at lisabroderick.com. Lisa, thanks so much for talking with us on the Spirituality and Health Podcast. Rami, thank you so much for having me. You've been listening to the Spirituality and Health Podcast. If you like this episode, please rate and review us in your favorite podcast app. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share us on social media and tag us at SpiritHealthMag. You can also follow me on the Spirituality and Health website, where I write a regular column called Roadside Musings. Don't forget to subscribe to the print magazine as well. The Spirituality and Health Podcast is produced by Ezra Baker Truppiano, and our executive producer is Mallory Corbin. I'm Rabbi Rami. Thanks for listening. Michelle Phillips, a celebrity makeup artist, beauty expert, self-confidence coach, and Hay House author. My podcast, Beauty and Beyond, is the place for women navigating the challenges of the aging process. Listen in for my professional advice, as well as my expert guests, as we share valuable tips, practical tools, and empowering resources to help you not only look amazing, but also live an amazing life part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and available wherever you get your podcasts.